Welcome to the GeoMob podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, be it for fun or profit. Hi, everyone. Ed here again for another episode of the GeoMob podcast. Very excited about today's episode. I am speaking with Dan Bell, who is an independent map maker or artist who is best known for his maps that are in the style of the Lord of the Rings. So he runs a site called Middle Earth Maps, where you can get many of his prints that are maps in that style, or you can commission work in that style. They are absolutely beautiful maps, very cool. If you ever, as a as a child, as I know many of us did, spend, you know, read Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit and then started doodling and looking up the maps, you know, Dan is living the dream of being able to do that and get paid to do it. So, Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for talking with us. Hi, Ed. My pleasure. Introduce yourself a bit. Tell us tell us who you are. Where, what do you do? Yeah, so my name is Dan Bell. I'm from the Lake District in the northwest of England, and I am a map maker, which is the, the reason I'm speaking with you today, isn't it? And are you, are you a... Are you a formally trained cartographer, or or do you come at it more from kind of just the artistic side? Or how how do you how does one get into this? <laughs> it's a very interesting question. So uh, the, the short answer is no. I have no formal training in cartography, but I kind of fell into it four years ago now. I sketched out a small bit of the Middle Earth map, Hobbiton, and I uh, put that online, and it was so well received that well, I just thought, well, why not try and use that that style, the iconic style, convert that style into real-world maps. Had you been doing map-making before that or at all or no? No. Well, I, interestingly, I, I trained as a biologist. Okay. I trained as a biologist. So I did, I did my postgraduate degree in 2015 and then used that for about a year, year and a half, and then just happened to stumble across this idea, which I've kind of ran with for the, for the last four four years okay so and so so for the listeners who haven't yet seen your work i mean describe it so you're 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 making maps of of real world places so so britain or, or regions of britain or the world yeah. but in the style of tolkien's lord of the rings is that a correct summary or that is exactly what it is to be honest it, it's using the iconic middle earth style so if you imagine the map of middle earth it's using that style and then representing real places using that star, so converting real places into this fantasy setting. And how do you decide which places to, to draw? And then tell us a bit about the process. You you use a you know like a, a, a normal map as your base or, or is it is it how how do you go about it? Yeah, so I'll use some kind of reference map. So it might be an ordnance survey map here in the UK and I'll pretty much have that on my computer screen. And places that are mountainous or have lots of forests or rivers tend to make really good Middle Earth-inspired maps. So I tend to pick places in Scotland or the Appalachian Trail is one of the right. recently mountainous places have lots of forests and they just generally look aesthetically pleasing once you convert them over into this fantasy style. And you, you do it with pen and paper or this is a digital process? It's predominantly pen on paper, yeah. The only digital aspect to it, to it is is having a map on my computer screen, which I'll then use as a reference for that pen and paper drawing. Okay, and and then so so what happened? You drew the first one, you threw it up on on Twitter or Instagram or something. People started liking it, and then how did you go from that to turning this into a business? 
So yes, I initially drew out the whole map of Middle Earth, and then I and then I drew out the Lake District National Park, which is obviously where I'm from. So I thought I know it quite well. I'll try and draw it in that style. And I popped that on Facebook, a big Facebook okay. group posted on one of their posts. And at the time, I was just starting out, so I had a, an Etsy page. Uh, so it was linked to the Etsy page, and I must have must have sold about. 200 prints of that first map and then that was it that was it it took off from there and i uh, carried on doing it i thought well there's got to be something in this so i pursued it and i've drawn maybe 200 maps to date now how so what does the middle earth map cost it, it depends on the size of the map so something like i would say a3 is the most popular size of map that i do it's anywhere from 25 pounds to 35 pounds which i'm not sure those dollars maybe fine but Oh, I thought the correct answer was yeah. going to be you can't buy it. You have to win it in a quest after you like go into a cave or something, <laughs> and you 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 kill a goblin, and then you take it from his his dead hand or something. <laughs> no, okay, so you can buy it with money. <laughs> yeah, you can you can buy the money, but that would be much more a much better way to do it. I think it's more fun. So. I mean, are are you like a, a raging Lord of the Rings fan in any way, or no? Or are you just you just kind of you know? I mean, there are many people who kind of have read the books and they or saw the movies and they liked it, and then you got the people who are like off the deep end, you know, like dressing up as orcs and stuff on the weekend. Where where, where would you fall in that spectrum? Yeah, I'd probably fall into that latter category. Okay. Actually, I'm not I'm not a, a massive fan of the Lord of the Rings, but I, I take a really I, I'm interested in that. So I just like the maps and the and the cartography that goes alongside the story. Sure. And uh, the story is amazing. But yeah, I, I am not the biggest fan of it. Well, it is an interesting story because obviously they go on a journey and thus the map is kind of an integral part of following the story. And uh, so, yeah. And so tell us about, tell us about yeah. the, the commissions that you get. What kind of like requests come in on that side? I honestly get such a wide range of projects through. So at the moment, I'm working on about, so I try and juggle about 24 different projects, 25 different projects at wow, once, okay. which is what I'm currently doing. So I've got quite a lot of different ones. So at the moment, I'm working on one of the uh, Great Wall of China. Okay. What else am I doing? One of, what of Monterey, California. These these are, are private individuals, or these are going to then be printed yeah. somehow, or... or... I tend to I tend to receive private commissions, which I can then work into some kind of generic print for people to buy. Okay. So I'll, I'll kind of remove all of the personalizations and things that make it unique to the person that's commissioned it, and I'll convert that into a print, which can go on the website, for instance, and be sold hmm. as a print. But yeah, there's such a, a, a such a scope of work that can be done around middle earth map making. And who who are these people? Are these just hardcore? Hobbit fans, or, or what? <laughs> they tend to be people who want to buy a map for somebody else who likes who likes Lord of the, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then I get occasionally I get like publishers who want maps for stories that people have written, or you know, fictional okay. books. So they want fictional maps for a fictional book, uh, and and that seems to work pretty well. So, and and yeah. stylistically, you haven't. You're not yet, yet tired of the Lord of the Rings style? Are you ever, you know, for fun, you just paint like normal landscapes or something? And, and, and like, has it, taken, <laughs> has it taken the joy of Lord of the Rings away that, you, that this is now your job? Or is it you're, you're more into it than ever? I, I really enjoy doing it. I think uh, there's nothing, I don't do anything else really other than uh, the map making and, and drawing maps. So I, I can't really draw animals, for instance, something like that. It's purely 
this map-making that I do. It's what I focus on all the time. And it gets quite mentally fatiguing sometimes, but I can push through that. And it's really it's really good fun when you get some really good projects through. Well, maybe tell us a bit about the style. What are the key elements of a Lord of the Rings map? Like, like what, what's the, if I wrote to you today and said, you know, I want this, you know, this 10 mile by 10 mile area in the Lord of the Rings style, how, how would you go about it? So I'd probably first look at an actual map of the area that I'm going to cover. So typically, if it was a, a US place, I'd probably use Google Maps or something, like just to get a generic uh, picture of what's in it. So trees, mountains, rivers, that kind of thing. And then essentially, I'd produce a little sketch for you. You can say, I really like this bit, I don't like this bit, and we can edit and, and juggle the different bits around and make it look really good. And then I'll kind of ink it over and it'll look hopefully amazing and it will be a, a different it'll be my my take on an area that you really like a fictional take on it let's say a different way of and, and what's the feedback from the customers they generally like it or are there people out there who are like disputing your lord of the rings style at all and the you know are like yeah i, I do get the occasional person which also it's not really <laughs> it's not really i guess i guess the point of my work is that it's talking inspired okay. It's not like a carbon copy of what he did, or you know, it's it's. But some people don't like that; they want it to be pinpoint everything like the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I can map. see that. Yeah, I think this is kind of the dream that a lot of people have of like finding their their niche, you know, and then turning that into the business. So, tell us more about that side of the thing. So, you know, what's it like actually running a, a map making business? Like, what are the what are the Good aspects of that and the bad. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really good fun. You get to be involved in a lot of really creative and really interesting projects, but it's a lot of admin work. Right. <laughs> and I think people don't realize that there's so much admin that goes into creating a website, creating listings for different products and that kind of thing. It takes a lot of time. It, it can be, it can be mentally fatiguing sometimes to juggle, you know, well, I can I can see um, I can see behind you. You got a lot of mailing tubes. Is that what you got there? Uh, mm. So it's for shipping all the different That's, maps and things. Yeah, so I have lots of different tubes, cardboard envelopes. Right. Got a large kind of. Just recently invested a very large printer actually as well. Okay. So it's it's heading towards outsource it, which which is brilliant. So I can just kind of print them on demand as. How do you uh, how do you promote your your work mainly? Uh, you know, how do people become aware that that your service exists? Tell us a bit about that side of things. Predominantly social media. I think that's it's been absolutely huge for my for my map making business. I I, I would argue that I post eighty percent of my work on Twitter. Mostly, that's my go to social media channel. But I also use Instagram and Facebook as well and I also have my website but it might it might come as a surprise to people to hear that I don't actually pay for any advertising it's all people sharing it online and word of mouth well I can see that I mean the, the maps are great they're such a cool style and uh, you know I think I'm sure there, there must be like kind of a local element too like when you the first time you draw a map of a certain area probably people in that area you know want to share it and show it yeah it's yeah fun. it's exactly that it, it really is yeah yeah National parks have been really good for my work. So I'll get I'll draw national park maps, and then the national park association or authority will share it on some of their social media channels, and that's how it kind of gets out there. Really, just people sharing things and talking about it, like we're doing today. Well, that's fantastic, man. I mean, I, I mean, it's so cool that you can take this 
kind of, let's say, for lack of a better term, not in a derogatory way, but kind of old fashioned skill, you know, of, of hand drawing from these like maps where, where you know, most of the map making industry is all about the, the new digitization technologies and sensors and things like that. And you're doing it on hand and paper, but yet you're able to have a thriving business from that because of, of technology as well. And, and you're able to, you know, I mean, you must have customers from all over the world, I would guess. Huh? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I saw majority of my ups in the UK, but uh, yeah, I get people from the US. I've sold people, sold people in Australia, New Zealand, and there's, you know, Russia, even places that you wouldn't necessarily expect people to buy a, an English map. Right. Let's say, but, but in theory, you could do the map. The yeah. map could be in any language, right? I mean, there's no reason you couldn't do, I guess, just the place names or in, in a different language or whatever. Yeah, I have done, uh, done maps in French before and Spanish. Oh, I did one in Welsh. I don't know if you know the Welsh language. It's <laughs> fluent, I, you know, not well enough to <laughs> go on, on there. I would like to test my Welsh. It's, it's, it took a lot. That, a lot. that took me a long time to do the Welsh. <laughs> The Welsh map of Wales, just because it's, I just, it's completely alien the language right. to me. So it just takes, it takes a long time to get stuff like that done, but it's worth it. Now, how much does it cost if, if I want a map from you? You know, I can give you the area with the map, but I also want the, the moon script in it, you know, the, the letters that only appear when the moon on a certain day shines on it. Is that available or no? Yeah, certainly. We could, I, I can generally accommodate. Almost anything, as long as I can. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't see why that would be possible. But yeah, the, the price of my, I tried to price my maps based on the size of the map that you'd like. So the smaller the map, the, the less expensive it is to make. Well, I may, I may become a customer soon because actually my son is, is 11 years old. And, uh, you know, in the last year or two, he discovered Lord of the Rings and got really into it. And then we had to, we had oh, to watch okay. all the movies and he read all the books. And, <laughs> you know, was so into it. And, and you know, it's cool. You see him pouring over the map. Oh, where did they go across the mountains and stuff? It's great. You do any other yeah. books? I mean, obviously, there are many other, you know, great stories that, that have a map component to it. Have you considered other styles at all? Or is that you're, you're sat on Lord of the Rings? I, there's something about my artistic ability that's conducive to the Middle Earth style. I don't know what it is. I just seem to be able to do that style really well. I haven't actually tried any other different styles, to be honest, but <laughs> I guess it's possible. I, I could I could give well, it a that's go. Fantastic. But, I, mean, I mean, on the one hand, of course, I'm sure you'll get tired of it after a while, but like, it's fantastic that you don't need yeah. to try other styles. So there's so much. <laughs> it's a, 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 yeah. a testament to the, the power of the writing that wouldn't affect it had on people and that they... You know, the books came out when in the in the sixties or something. In the so, you know, when did when? when yeah, here we are, fifty years later. I know. Yeah, I, I did. Interestingly, you mentioned that point. I did. I have done a, some maps for a guy who had written a book about flying in the Papua New Guinea, and he he basically wanted the Middle Earth star, but with my own handwriting, huh. which is completely different to the Tolkien kind of iconic. Right calligraphy but it's just my handwriting with the talking star so maybe i'll do something like that in the future huh. i don't know there's quite a lot of things i could do really okay yeah well so let's look to the future what so what's next for for middle earth snaps what are what what projects you got on the horizon yeah i mean i'd like to so at the moment my my focus really is on commission work a lot of the last two years has been making maps for other people uh, so whatever that is so the, the Great Wall of China, for instance, but I'd like to do some more work based on my own experience of life. So I don't know what it would be, maybe 
maybe some uh, UK county maps, that kind of thing. But I'd like to do so, – so the next project I want to do is, is focus on some of the Lake Cullen Valleys okay. here in the Lake District. So I'd like to produce a series of maps based around the Lake Cullen Valleys. Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I'm sure the maps would be great, but I could see how from a business perspective that would also be a smart move because it's obviously – a it would be something I could sell forever, you know? So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So basically what I'm trying to say is I want to try to move away from commission work a little bit and do some more of my own maps like I did before I started doing commission work and maybe at some point get some other artists on board. So I can think of maybe two or three other people in the world that do what I do, albeit with a slightly different style. Yeah. So it'd be nice to kind of do something with those guys and kind of tie them into... Well, we, we, it's, it's surprising because there are more people than you might think that are still drawing maps, you know, like... like uh, yeah. And, and one thing I always find very interesting is the, is the spectrum kind of of, you know, some people are pure illustrator or artists, you know, everything pen and paper, and then you have people all the way at the other end who it's heavily computer-based and only this, you know, very slight amount of let's say manual or analog kind of work. So it's interesting to learn the different techniques that people are employing. Uh, and then also how people go about, you know, making money from it. You know, some people you know, try yeah. to sell directly under their own brand, other people, you know, working on kind of for publishers in different ways and things. So we've had quite a few presentations over the years uh, about different types, different styles I don't know. I, I, I think obviously every day more and more we're using digital services and, you know, uh, it's unthinkable now to like not have a, a digital map with you as you're out kind of exploring around or, or like even to, in the extreme, you know, people who are the people who use Strava or whatever, so they can see exactly where they went, how fast they went or whatever. And Oh, that's great. And you can do cool things with it. But there is something that like it, you know, the emotional appeal of the physical artifact and particularly of, a, you know, when you roll out the map and then everyone can gather around and trace their finger of where where they were and stuff. I mean, we lose that in the digital world. So, yeah, I don't think that's that's partly why it's been quite successful, because it's it is a um, it's kind of rekindling memories for people in a map, a physical map, which has been uh, hand-drawn. There's no, there's no digitization to it. There's no, um, there's no real digital element to it. It's just a human being drawing a map for somebody else. It's nice to, it's almost, you're almost stepping back in time before computers. you You can't. Well, yeah. we'll have to, um, you know, when we resume the in-person events in London, hopefully you can come down and, and present at some point because the maps are fantastic. And, uh, you know, I'm sure everyone would want to see it. Maybe, maybe we can do that. I think it would be fun to get you down kind of pre in the lead up to Christmas. I'm sure it would be a, a, a hot item as a gift for other people. So, yeah, be a pleasure. It'd be an absolute pleasure. What any any closing thoughts as we wrap up here? Any anything you want to leave the uh, the listeners with? I guess uh, if you if you do want to if you did want to get a Middle Earth map, um, just head to the website or contact me via email. My email address is on the website as well. So yeah, we can chat. We can we can talk about anything you want really. And generally, be quite accommodating to different projects. Yeah, 
I think that's pretty much it for me. All right. Well, thanks very much, Dan, for taking the time to chat with us, and, and congratulations on on you know your readable maps, but also on your business. So, so it's a really cool story. Thanks. Thank you. Ed. Thanks everyone for joining us today and listening to the GMOP podcast. Hopefully, you've enjoyed the discussion. Please don't hesitate if you have any feedback for us or any suggestions for topics that we should cover in the future. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. While you're there, if you're not yet on the mailing list, please do get on the mailing list where we once a month send out an email announcing future events, summarizing past events, and just generally sharing uh, events that you may find of interest. You can also, of course, follow us on Twitter, where our handle is geomob. You can follow Steven at Steven Feldman. You can follow me at Fryfogel. You can check out Mappery at mappery.org. And of course, if you need any geocoding, please check out my service, which is opencagedata.com. We look forward to you joining us again at a future episode, and of course, seeing you at a future GeoMop event. Hope to see you there soon. Bye.